Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the sovereignty of God. He always answers prayer. That doesn't mean he always says yes. He answers prayer, absolutely. And sometimes God's best answer is no. Then our responsibility is to come and say, Lord, you are Lord. And I don't really understand this, but I know that you're in control. And I'll just see what you're going to do from this. Because you know what's best. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Well, if you're like most people, I'm sure you're a bit leery when you buy something that has some assembly required written on the box. Now, no matter how easy it alleges to be, the enclosed instructions have a way of disproving such claims. Likewise, there seems to be a lot of things in life we tend to make more difficult than they ought to be, especially in the church. Well, today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to Matthew 9 as he shares with us three basic essentials necessary for an effective ministry. But these instructions really do live up to their claim. Here he is with today's encouraging message, the ministry of Jesus. We want to look at what the scriptures teach regarding the ministry of Jesus Christ. As Jesus comes down from the Sermon on the Mount, he not only exemplifies the model of the kingdom through his person, but he demonstrates the power of the kingdom through his ministry. Notice in verse 35 of chapter 9, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. This is the ministry of Jesus. Preaching, teaching, healing. Turn back with me to chapter 4, verses 12. When Jesus had heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt at Capernaum by the sea there. And he, and he quotes the prophecy that was spoken about in the Old Testament about coming to the Gentiles and bringing light to them. And... In verse 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus began to preach the message of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. This was the first step that we see in the ministry of Jesus. As he preaches to those who have not the light of Jesus Christ, those who are sitting in darkness, those who have no idea about spiritual things. But notice also that Jesus went about teaching. He goes on to chapter 5, all the way down to the end of chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And as we have spent some time there, we see that Jesus began to teach His disciples, not the multitudes. There is no way that an unbeliever could understand could even cope with or even think that he could fulfill what is said on the Sermon on the Mount. He's incapable of it. He's spiritually dead. And so in these chapters, Jesus taught his disciples about the things of the kingdom. But as he came down from the Sermon on the Mount, from chapter 8 down to chapter 9, Jesus healed all manner of sickness and disease. He didn't put any limitation on anyone 
thing. But again, the emphasis preaching, teaching, healing. I believe that every church should have a balanced ministry like Jesus Christ. These three ministries can be looked upon as a three-footed stool. That three-footed stool is only stable as long as it has the three legs. You remove any one of them, and it will not stand. And a ministry that is going to be productive and effective for Jesus Christ must have an area of preaching, an area of teaching, and an area for healing. The purpose of the church is to perfect the saints for the work of ministry. Once that preaching has gone forth, then there is a work of God to bring in the lost. But then as the lost come in and they sit, they begin to get grounded, as Peter says, desiring the sincere or the unadulterated word of God. As you bring the baby home, you don't give them a steak, you give them a bottle. And as they grow, you start mashing up different things and, and you move up uh, in progression. And so likewise, you come in here, we take you to the new believers class. You're able to ask questions, to look, to study, to do the, You're grounded. You're moving on in maturity. Because we want you to know why it is that you're a Christian. What does the scriptures declare? And so we place a great emphasis on the teaching of the Word of God. Now, we have a danger. We can become very stiff-necked, very self-righteous, very academic, and pretty soon we have no vision for the lost. There is no power in our lives, but we've got all the answers. There's a danger. And so we're constantly looking to the ministry, making sure that there is that balance going on with the preaching, with the teaching. Through various things, through breakfasts of men, through street witnessing, through concerts, through different things, the teaching goes on Sunday morning, Sunday night. That goes on all the time. But then there's also the area that you have to look for, and that is once you've been preached and saved and then you come and you're getting grounded and taught and you're growing, is you have to know that God is there to meet the needs of your life in every area of life, even in the physical, when you're sick. Now, there are extremes. You have the great movement today of the faith teachers who tell you that if you're not healed, then it's a lack of your own faith. And they take you to scriptures where they tell you about faith and all that, but they rip them out of context. I don't think those teachers have ever taught anything in context. They are stepping out in areas that are so blasphemous. But the amazing thing about it is you have thousands of people following them. That's the sad part. Now, when it comes to healing... Notice that it says here that Jesus, when healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Absolute, straight across the line, everything. No exception. Now, the first thing that we must ask ourselves is many of these so-called healers and faith teachers, they don't have 100% cures. Everybody does not get healed. As a matter of fact, we have had some of them exposed on how they go about proclaiming their healings. They have little 
earphones, somebody else giving them the information. They sent all their people through the crowds to find out who's sick, what's wrong with them, so that then they can just uh, declare this as if it's a word of knowledge. And they pick people who are not even sick in whatever area they're saying. And they're hucksters. They're deceivers. They're magicians. Let me tell you one thing. If God heals you, He heals you. You're not going to have any doubt about it. When He touches you, you will be healed. I see that every time in Scripture. Healing is a sovereign work of God. Why does God heal some and not others? I don't know. I think that God knows what's best for me. And I think that if God would heal me in an area, maybe that would be the worst thing that could ever happen to me. You see, I, I can't even look as far down as an hour from right now. God sees the entirety of my life. And He knows what's best for me. And the whole option through the preaching is I've learned that He's Lord and I'm servant. And through the growing of teaching the Word of God, the obedience, the, the consequences and the benefits of that obedience. And so when I come to the area of healing or miraculous work in my life, I leave that in the Lord's hands. Now, there's a danger. One is that you just come real kicked back and you don't even have faith that God can do it. And you're real complacent. Well, you know, if God wants to do it, no, that's an extreme too. Then the other extreme is, yes, God's going to do it. He can do it. He always does it. I'm not going to take no for an answer. Well, my kids say that a lot, but I still tell them no. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what they say. So the power is not in your mouth, as these faith teachers say. The power is in God's hands, what He desires to do. If you weren't even asking for a healing and God wanted to heal you, He would heal you and you would be able to do nothing about it. What are you going to do? Get sick all over again? <laughs> he does what He wills. Nebuchadnezzar says He's in heaven, you're on earth, and He does whatever He wills and no one can say, what are you doing? Now we know that sin will keep us from God and therefore sin will keep us from healing. We know that unbelief will keep us from healing. Just in these two chapters, chapter 8 and 9, you know, the leopard meets him at the bottom of the mountain as soon as he comes down. A beautiful picture of man's sinfulness. Leprosy is symbolic of sin throughout the scriptures. Leprosy eats at the extremities of a man's body. It kills the nerves, the senses, the ability to feel. This is what sin does. This is the most important healing in a person's life, the healing of the soul. Salvation. For if God heals you physically, but if you are lost spiritually, the healing does you absolutely no good. Absolutely no good. And so on the first miracle is this man who's totally leprous, and the other Gospels, Mark and Luke, tell us he was full of leprosy. The last stage is the worst. According to the law in Leviticus 14, he was to cover his upper lip and say, unclean, unclean. Six feet distance if, if he was close to somebody. If the wind was blowing this direction, it would be 150 feet. They would live in the city dump. A funeral was performed for them. They would not be able to hug their families anymore. They would be ostracized from community living. 
This is the picture of man. The most important miracle in a man and a woman's life is that God will touch your heart and save you from your sins. Because that is what separates you from God. Sin. Being handicapped does not separate you from God. Being blind does not separate you from God. Being crippled does not separate you from God. But being in sin separates you from God. It's an obstacle between you and God. Healing certainly is not limited to a set group. For the next miracle is to the centurion as he asked for his servant. He was a Gentile. God does not go by race or by creed or by denomination, but he touches those who he wills. Even non-believers he touches. Who's going to tell God he can't do it? Sometimes people say that it's your own faith that heals you. There's another extreme. See, nothing is absolute. Because how much faith did Jairus' daughter have to have to be raised from the dead? How much faith did Lazarus have to have to be raised from the dead? You see, now you've got another problem. So we come in faith, but we don't believe that God acts alone because of our faith. Though our faith is necessary, it's part of it, it's, it's, uh, it's in partnership. But the bottom line, it's God's will to do and to will of His good pleasure. And so I come examining my life, make sure there's no sin in my life, and I ask God to touch me, believing as James 5 says, let the elders anoint you with oil, touch you, lay their hands upon you, and pray and see if God heals you. We've had many people that we've prayed over, they've been healed. God has touched them. Others have not. Certainly it isn't because of us, whether it's for good or for evil. Some people ask me to pray for them and they remain sick. Some people have died. So you take your chances with me. <laughs> but it's up to God. It's not me. Can you imagine if you felt the pressure that it all depended on you, how you would feel every time you prayed over somebody? You would either feel real self-righteous or you would feel like a worm all the time. Oh man, these guys, and you're carrying that load on your shoulders. God never intended you to carry that. God says, you're my ambassador. Just go pray, lay hands on them, and let's see what I do. And whatever I do, you worship me. Commit yourself to him as a faithful creator. Listen, in your sufferings, 1 Peter 4, 19. He's a faithful creator. He knows exactly what he's doing in your life. Just look at your own life, just without miracles or without healing and all that. Look at your path, you know, from the time that he saved you to now. Look at the things that he allowed to come into your life, whether it be by ignorance or whatever. And you say, oh God, and as you've gone through them, look what it's made of you, a godly man and woman. Where if God had not allowed those things, you would have still been carnal. <laughs> you would have still been more like yourself than Jesus Christ. He is wise. He knows what he's doing. Many people in the scriptures are recorded as not being healed. Paul the apostle himself said he had a thorn in the flesh, a tent stake. He prayed three times to the Lord. And finally the Lord says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> You know, your kids, you're talking, oh, dad, walk away. Hey, that's enough. It's over with. Oh, man. They walk away. God knows. And sometimes God's best answer is, 
No. He always answers prayer. That doesn't mean he always says yes. He answers prayer, absolutely. Then our responsibility is to come and say, Lord, you are Lord. And I don't really understand this, but I know that you're in control. And I'll just see what you're going to do from this. Because you know what's best. I read you a letter about three weeks ago, a sister that used to come here. And she wrote me a letter and her cancer has gotten progressively worse. And she's resigned herself just to the Lord. She's rejected the chemo. And she says she has presented her body a living sacrifice unto God, knowing that he knows what's best. Now that's a spiritual person. That is faith. See, many say, well, if you pray, your will be done. You're praying apart from faith. That's silly. For Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done. You can't pray more accurate than that. Because Jesus himself taught, if you being evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give to you to those who ask? And if you're coming with an open heart and God knows your heart, don't you think he's going to give you the best? Of course he is. You and I may make a mistake with our children, but not God. He knows exactly what's best. So when you go, come across those disappointments, those times of disillusionment, those times of confusion, kick back and know that God's in control. All God wants you and I to do is to walk in obedience and He'll take care of the rest. But notice there's no limitation to the sicknesses. He healed everything. Now, does this mean that Jesus healed every person every time? No. There are many people that weren't healed by Jesus either. Now, that seems to me a big problem with the faith teachers. Because Jesus didn't choose to heal all. Why not? I don't know. But I know he has a reason. And so anytime you get in any sort of pattern that if you do this, then you'll be healed. And that's why I think that we cannot find in Scripture a consistent pattern how Jesus healed. Sometimes he came to the blind men. He says, you know, you want to see? Yeah, and he touched his eyes, healed them. And other times, he did it differently. He put mud in their eyes. Now, if you really wanted to know the pattern of it, then you have to ask yourself, well, how did he do it? Did he pick up the dirt, put it in his hand, and then spit in his hand? And then put it in his eyes? Because if, if that's the pattern, then I want to know exactly the pattern. Or did he grab dirt, spit in his eyes, and then put the dirt in his eyes? <laughs> how did he do it? Did he just let the saliva just ooze from his cheeks, or did he go? <laughs> what did he do? You see, you start getting caught up with patterns, you've got to ask some dumb questions. And so you've got people today who are saying they can teach you how to heal. They have their seminars, they have their little uh, workshops. Jesus didn't teach his disciples how to heal. He gave them authority to go and to pray for the sick and God would raise them up, but it was a God's sovereign will and choosing. Not their own. For if any man could operate the gift of healing 
at their own discretion, certainly they would go to Children's Hospital first. Certainly they would be mobbed by the world. God does as He wills, and His will is perfect. And so we've got big problems through the gifts of healing if we don't see them in their proper perspective. Paul the Apostle left um, Epaphroditus near death in Philippians 2.27. Now, if God wanted to heal everybody, Paul, why didn't Paul just pray over him? Why didn't Paul just tell Timothy, come on, Timothy, have some faith, be healed? Apparently, Paul had to have prayed for Timothy often. But Paul finally says, you know what? Take a little wine for your stomach's sake. God has chosen you to live with that infirmity because it will bring glory to God one way or another. And that's really the test of our lives in every area of life that we are able to submit to the Master and say, Lord, your will, not mine. There is the state of maturity. There is the person who knows their Lord and Savior. I'm not saying there's no pain. I'm not saying there's no confusion at times. I'm not saying there's no sense of disappointment. But that's where we are. But God gets us through that and He brings us into the light to see His wisdom and His knowledge. And I tell you what, once we come to the understanding, we look back and we say, Lord, you're too much. <laughs> because it just opens your eyes completely. And so here you have the three areas of ministry. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Make sure that you are opening your heart to all three. That you are being involved in reaching others for Christ. Make sure that you're sitting down and getting grounded and growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. At your own house with your family, sit down and worship the Lord and anoint one another, pray for one another. Lay hands on your children. Give that openness for God to move in your life so that He may touch you and minister unto you. And if He says no, that you commit yourself to Him as a faithful creator. And you move on in your life and you grow in maturity. And as you are in those balances, then you will see your life develop. But don't get lopsided. Don't get extreme. Don't get tunnel vision. Make sure you see the loss. Make sure you're part of the growing body of Christ in the spiritual maturity. And make sure that you are always open to allow God to work, to do as He wills as you lay hands, as you open your own life to the Lord and everything else. Because you don't know but what God wants to touch you in a very miraculous way. He's the same Jesus. He wants you to be in balance. Don't lean to one over the other. Don't exclude one over the other, but embrace them all. See the wisdom and grow that you may glorify Jesus Christ. That as people see you, we go back to the statement on the Sermon on the Mount, they see your good works, they may glorify your Father which is in heaven, and you are the salt, and you're the light of the world, and you're influencing them in a legitimate, scriptural, balanced way. 
So when they look at the church, they see a reality of Jesus Christ and not some circus atmosphere. And not some self-righteous little clique. But that God is in the midst of you working in you first and in others. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about a balanced church. And you can request a copy of today's encouraging message called The Ministry of Jesus. It's available on CD for just $4. And the message you'll receive will contain far more material than we had time to share with you during today's broadcast. The title to ask for once again is The Ministry of Jesus, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. Now, with so much work to do for the kingdom, how can we possibly get it done? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com